Part four, chapter four of Under Western Eyes by Joseph Conrad. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part four, chapter four. Razumov walked straight home on the wet, glistening pavement. A heavy shower passed over him. Distant lightning played faintly against the fronts of the dumb houses with the shuttered shops all along the Rue de Carouge. And now and then, after the faint flash, there was a faint, sleepy rumble but the main forces of the thunderstorm remained massed down the rhone valley as if loath to attack the respectable and passionless abode of democratic liberty the serious-minded town of dreary hotels tendering the same indifferent hospitality to tourists of all nations and to international conspirators of every shade the owner of the shop was making ready to close when razumov entered and without a word extended his hand for the key of his room on reaching it for him from a shelf the man was about to pass a small joke as to taking the air in a thunderstorm but after looking at the face of his lodger he only observed just to say something you've got very wet yes i am washed clean muttered razumov who was dripping from head to foot and passed through the inner door towards the staircase leading to his room he did not change his clothes but after lighting the candle took off his watch and chain laid them on the table and sat down at once to write the book of his compromising record was kept in a locked drawer which he pulled out violently and did not even trouble to push back afterwards in this queer pedantism of a man who had read thought lived pen in hand there is the sincerity of the attempt to grapple by the same means with another profounder knowledge after some passages which have been already made use of in the building up of this narrative or add nothing new to the psychological side of this disclosure there is even one more allusion to the silver medal in this last entry comes a page and a half of incoherent writing where his expression is baffled by the novelty and the mysteriousness of that side of our emotional life to which his solitary existence had been a stranger then only he begins to address directly the reader he had in his mind trying to express in broken sentences full of wonder and awe the sovereign he uses that very word power of her person over his imagination in which lay the dormant seed of her brother's words the most trustful eyes in the world your brother said of you when he was as well as a dead man already and when you stood before me with your hand extended i remembered the very sound of his voice and i looked into your eyes and that was enough i knew that something had happened but i did not know then what but don't be deceived natalia victorovna i believed that i had in my breast nothing but an inexhaustible fund of anger and hate for you both i remembered that he had looked to you for the perpetuation of his visionary soul he this man who had robbed me of my hard-working purposeful existence i too had my guiding idea and remember that amongst us it is more difficult to lead a life of toil and self-denial than to go out in the street and kill from conviction but enough of that hate or no hate i felt at once that while shunning the sight of you i could never succeed in driving away your image i would say addressing that dead man is this the way you are going to haunt me it is only later on that i understood only to-day only a few hours ago what could i have known of what was tearing me to pieces and dragging the secret forever to my lips you were appointed to undo the evil by making me betray myself back into truth and peace you and you have done it in the same way too in which he ruined me by forcing upon me your confidence only what i detested him for in you ended by appearing noble and exalted 
but i repeat be not deceived i was given up to evil i exulted in having induced that silly innocent fool to steal his father's money he was a fool but not a thief i made him one it was necessary i had to confirm myself in my contempt and hate for what i betrayed i had suffered from as many vipers in my heart as any social democrat of them all vanity ambitions jealousies shameful desires evil passions of envy and revenge i had my security stolen from me years of good work my best hopes listen now comes the true confession the other was nothing to save me your trustful eyes had to entice my thought to the very edge of the blackest treachery i could see them constantly looking at me with the confidence of your pure heart which had not been touched by evil things victor holden had stolen the truth of my life from me who had nothing else in the world and he boasted of living on through you on this earth where i had no place to lay my head on she will marry some day he had said and your eyes were trustful and do you know what i said to myself i shall steal his sister's soul from her when we met that first morning in the gardens and you spoke to me confidingly in the generosity of your spirit i was thinking yes he himself by talking of her trustful eyes has delivered her into my hands if you could have looked then into my heart you would have cried out aloud with terror and disgust perhaps no one will believe the baseness of such an intention to be possible it's certain that when we parted that morning i gloated over it i brooded upon the best way the old man you introduced me to insisted on walking with me i don't know who he is he talked of you of your lonely helpless state and every word of that friend of yours was egging me on to the unpardonable sin of stealing a soul could he have been the devil himself in the shape of an old englishman natalia victorovna i was possessed i returned to look at you every day and drink in your presence the poison of my infamous intention but i foresaw difficulties then sophia antonovna of whom i was not thinking i had forgotten her existence appears suddenly with that tale from st petersburg the only thing needed to make me safe a trusted revolutionist forever it was as if zemianitch had hanged himself to help me on to further crime the strength of falsehood seemed irresistible these people stood doomed by the folly and the illusion that was in them they being themselves the slaves of lies natalia victorovna i embraced the might of falsehood i exulted in it i gave myself up to it for a time who could have resisted you yourself were the prize of it i sat alone in my room planning a life the very thought of which makes me shudder now like a believer who had been tempted to an atrocious sacrilege but i brooded ardently over its images the only thing was that there seemed to be no air in it and also i was afraid of your mother i never knew mine i've never known any kind of love there is something in the mere word of you i was not afraid forgive me for telling you this no not of you you were truth itself you could not suspect me as to your mother you yourself feared already that her mind had given way from grief who could believe anything against me had not zemianitch hanged himself from remorse i said to myself let's put it to the test and be done with it once for all i trembled when i went in but your mother hardly listened to what i was saying to her and in a little while seemed to have forgotten my very existence i sat looking at her there was no longer anything between you and me you were defenceless and soon very soon you would be alone i thought of you defenceless for days you have talked with me opening your heart 
i remembered the shadow of your eyelashes over your grey trustful eyes and your pure forehead it is low like the forehead of statues calm unstained it was as if your pure brow bore a light which fell on me searched my heart and saved me from ignominy from ultimate undoing and it saved you too pardon my presumption but there was that in your glances which seemed to tell me that you your light your truth i felt that i must tell you that i had ended by loving you and to tell you that i must first confess confess go out and perish suddenly you stood before me you alone in all the world to whom i must confess you fascinated me you have freed me from the blindness of anger and hate the truth shining in you drew the truth out of me now i have done it and as i write here i am in the depths of anguish but there is air to breathe at last air and by the by that old man sprang up from somewhere as i was speaking to you and raged at me like a disappointed devil i suffer horribly but i am not in despair there is only one more thing to do for me after that if they let me i shall go away and bury myself in obscure misery in giving victor holden up it was myself after all whom i have betrayed most basely you must believe what i say now you can't refuse to believe this most basely it is through you that i came to feel this so deeply after all it is they and not i who have the right on their side theirs is the strength of invisible powers so be it only don't be deceived natalia victorovna i am not converted have i then the soul of a slave no i am independent and therefore perdition is my lot on these words he stopped writing shut the book and wrapped it in the black veil he had carried off he then ransacked the drawers for paper and string made up a parcel which he addressed to miss holden boulevard de philosophes and then flung the pen away from him into a distant corner this done he sat down with the watch before him he could have gone out at once but the hour had not struck yet the hour would be midnight there was no reason for that choice except that the facts and the words of a certain evening in his past were timing his conduct in the present the sudden power natalia holden had gained over him he ascribed to the same cause you don't walk with impunity over a phantom's breast he heard himself mutter thus he saves me he thought suddenly he himself the betrayed man the vivid image of miss holden seemed to stand by him watching him relentlessly she was not disturbing he had done with life and his thought even in her presence tried to take an impartial survey now his scorn extended to himself i had neither the simplicity nor the courage nor the self-possession to be a scoundrel or an exceptionally able man for who with us in russia is to tell a scoundrel from an exceptionally able man he was the puppet of his past because at the very stroke of midnight he jumped up and ran swiftly downstairs as if confident that by the power of destiny the house-door would fly open before the absolute necessity of his errand and as a matter of fact just as he got to the bottom of the stairs it was opened for him by some people of the house coming home late two men and a woman he slipped out through them into the street swept then by a fitful gust of wind they were of course very much startled a flash of lightning enabled them to observe him walking away quickly one of the men shouted and was starting in pursuit but the woman had recognized him it's all right it's only that young russian from the third floor the darkness returned with a single clap of thunder like a gun fired for a warning of his escape from the prison of lies 
he must have heard at some time or other and now remembered unconsciously that there was to be a gathering of revolutionists at the house of julius laspara that evening at any rate he made straight for the laspara house and found himself without surprise ringing at its street door which of course was closed by that time the thunderstorm had attacked in earnest the steep incline of the street ran with water the thick fall of rain enveloped him like a luminous veil in the play of lightning he was perfectly calm and between the crashes listened attentively to the delicate tinkling of the doorbell somewhere within the house there was some difficulty before he was admitted his person was not known to that one of the guests who had volunteered to go downstairs and see what was the matter razumov argued with him patiently there could be no harm in admitting a caller he had something to communicate to the company upstairs something of importance that'll be for the hearers to judge urgent without a moment's delay meantime one of the laspara daughters descended the stairs small lamp in hand in a grimy and crumpled gown which seemed to hang on her by a miracle and looking more than ever like an old doll with a dusty brown wig dragged from under a sofa she recognized razumov at once how do you do of course you may come in following her light razumov climbed two flights of stairs from the lower darkness leaving the lamp on a bracket on the landing she opened a door and went in accompanied by the sceptical guest razumov entered last he closed the door behind him and stepping on one side put his back against the wall the three little rooms en suite with low smoky ceilings and lit by paraffin lamps were crammed with people loud talking was going on in all three and tea-glasses full half full and empty stood everywhere even on the floor the other laspara girl sat dishevelled and languid behind an enormous samovar in the inner doorway razumov had a glimpse of the protuberance of a large stomach which he recognized only a few feet from him julius laspara was getting down hurriedly from his high stool the appearance of the midnight visitor caused no small sensation laspara is very summary in his version of that night's happenings after some words of greeting disregarded by razumov laspara ignoring purposely his guest's soaked condition and his extraordinary manner of presenting himself mentioned something about writing an article he was growing uneasy and razumov appeared absent-minded i have written already all i shall ever write he said at last with a little laugh the whole company's attention was riveted on the newcomer dripping with water deadly pale and keeping his position against the wall razumov put laspara gently aside as though he wished to be seen from head to foot by everybody by then the buzz of conversations had died down completely even in the most distant of the three rooms the doorway facing razumov became blocked with men and women who craned their necks and certainly seemed to expect something startling to happen a squeaky insolent declaration was heard from that group i know this ridiculously conceited individual what individual asked razumov raising his bowed head and searching with his eyes all the eyes fixed upon him an intense surprised silence lasted for a time if it's me he stopped thinking over the form of his confession and found it suddenly unavoidably suggested by the fateful evening of his life i am come here he began in a clear voice to talk of an individual called zemianitch sofia antonovna has informed me that she would make public a certain letter from st petersburg sofia antonovna has left us early in the evening said laspara it's quite correct everybody here has heard 
very well razumov interrupted with a shade of impatience for his heart was beating strongly then mastering his voice so far that there was even a touch of irony in his clear forcible enunciation in justice to that individual the much ill-used peasant zemianitch i now declare solemnly that the conclusions of that letter calumniate a man of the people a bright russian soul zemianitch had nothing to do with the actual arrest of victor haldin razumov dwelt on the name heavily and then waited till the faint mournful murmur which greeted it had died out victor victorovitch haldin he began again acting with no doubt noble-minded imprudence took refuge with a certain student of whose opinions he knew nothing but what his own illusions suggested to his generous heart it was an unwise display of confidence but i am not here to appreciate the actions of victor haldin am i to tell you of the feelings of that student sought out in his obscure solitude and menaced by the complicity forced upon him am i to tell you what he did it's a rather complicated story in the end the student went to general t himself and said i have the man who killed der p locked up in my room victor haldin a student like myself a great buzz arose in which razumov raised his voice observe that man had certain honest ideals in view but i didn't come here to explain him no but you must explain how you know all this came in grave tones from somebody a vile coward this simple cry vibrated with indignation name him shouted other voices what are you clamouring for said razumov disdainfully in the profound silence which fell on the raising of his hand haven't you all understood that i am that man laspara went away brusquely from his side and climbed upon his stool in the first forward surge of people towards him razumov expected to be torn to pieces but they fell back without touching him and nothing came of it but noise it was bewildering his head ached terribly in the confused uproar he made out several times the name of peter ivanovitch the word judgment and the phrase but this is a confession uttered by somebody in a desperate shriek in the midst of the tumult a young man younger than himself approached him with blazing eyes i must beg you he said with venomous politeness to be good enough not to move from this spot till you are told what you are to do razumov shrugged his shoulders i came in voluntarily maybe but you won't go out till you are permitted retorted the other he beckoned with his hand calling out louisa louisa come here please and presently one of the laspara girls they had been staring at razumov from behind the samovar came along trailing a bedraggled tail of dirty flounces and dragging with her a chair which she set against the door and sitting down on it crossed her legs the young man thanked her effusively and rejoined a group carrying on an animated discussion in low tones razumov lost himself for a moment a squeaky voice screamed confession or no confession you are a police spy the revolutionist nikita had pushed his way in front of razumov and faced him with his big livid cheeks his heavy paunch bull neck and enormous hands razumov looked at the famous slayer of gendarmes in silent disgust and what are you he said very low then shut his eyes and rested the back of his head against the wall it would be better for you to depart now razumov heard a mild sad voice and opened his eyes the gentle speaker was an elderly man with a great brush of fine hair making a silvery halo all round his keen intelligent face peter ivanovitch shall be informed of your confession and you shall be directed then turning to nikita nicknamed nekator standing by he appealed to him in a murmur 
what else can we do after this piece of sincerity he cannot be dangerous any longer the other muttered better make sure of that before we let him go leave that to me i know how to deal with such gentlemen he exchanged meaning glances with two or three men who nodded slightly then turning roughly to razumov you have heard you are not wanted here why don't you get out the laspara girl on guard rose and pulled the chair out of the way unemotionally she gave a sleepy stare to razumov who started looked round the room and passed slowly by her as if struck by some sudden thought i beg you to observe he said already on the landing that i had only to hold my tongue to-day of all days since i came amongst you i was made safe and to-day i made myself free from falsehood from remorse independent of every single human being on this earth he turned his back on the room and walked towards the stairs but at the violent crash of the door behind him he looked over his shoulder and saw that nikita with three others had followed him out they are going to kill me after all he thought before he had time to turn round and confront them fairly they set on him with a rush he was driven headlong against the wall i wonder how he completed his thought nikita cried with a shrill laugh right in his face we shall make you harmless you wait a bit razumov did not struggle the three men held him pinned against the wall while nikita taking up a position a little on one side deliberately swung off his enormous arm razumov looking for a knife in his hand saw it come at him open unarmed and received a tremendous blow on the side of his head over his ear at the same time he heard a faint dull detonating sound as if someone had fired a pistol on the other side of the wall a raging fury awoke in him at this outrage the people in laspara's rooms holding their breath listened to the desperate scuffling of four men all over the landing thuds against the walls a terrible crash against the very door then all of them went down together with a violence which seemed to shake the whole house razumov overpowered breathless crushed under the weight of his assailants saw the monstrous nikita squatting on his heels near his head while the others held him down kneeling on his chest gripping his throat lying across his legs turn his face the other way the paunchy terrorist directed in an excited gleeful squeak razumov could struggle no longer he was exhausted he had to watch passively the heavy open hand of the brute descend again in a degrading blow over his other ear it seemed to split his head in two and all at once the men holding him became perfectly silent soundless as shadows in silence they pulled him brutally to his feet rushed with him noiselessly down the staircase and opening the door flung him out into the street he fell forward and at once rolled over and over helplessly going down the short slope together with the rush of running rainwater he came to rest in the roadway of the street at the bottom lying on his back with a great flash of lightning over his face a vivid silent flash of lightning which blinded him utterly he picked himself up and put his arm over his eyes to recover his sight not a sound reached him from anywhere and he began to walk staggering down a long empty street the lightning waved and darted round him at silent flames the water of the deluge fell ran leaped drove noiseless like the drift of mist in this unearthly stillness his footsteps fell silent on the pavement while a dumb wind drove him on and on like a lost mortal in a phantom world ravaged by a soundless thunderstorm god only knows where his noiseless feet took him to that night here and there and back again without pause or rest of one place at least where they did lead him we heard afterwards 
and in the morning the driver of the first south shore tram-car clanging his bell desperately saw a bedraggled soaked man without a hat and walking in the roadway unsteadily with his head down step right in front of his car and go under when they picked him up with two broken limbs and a crushed side razumov had not lost consciousness it was as though he had tumbled smashing himself into a world of mutes silent men moving unheard lifted him up laid him on the sidewalk gesticulating and grimacing round him their alarm horror and compassion a red face with moustaches stooped close over him lips moving eyes rolling razumov tried hard to understand the reason of this dumb show to those who stood around him the features of that stranger so grievously hurt seemed composed in meditation afterwards his eyes sent out at them a look of fear and closed slowly they stared at him razumov made an effort to remember some french words je suis sourd he had time to utter feebly before he fainted he is deaf they exclaimed to each other that's why he did not hear the car they carried him off in that same car before it started on its journey a woman in a shabby black dress who had run out of the iron gate of some private grounds up the road clambered onto the rear platform and would not be put off i am a relation she insisted in bad french this young man is a russian and i am his relation on this plea they let her have her way she sat down calmly and took his head on her lap her scared faded eyes avoided looking at his death-like face at the corner of a street on the other side of the town a stretcher met the car she followed it to the door of the hospital where they let her come in and see him laid on a bed razumov's new-found relation never shed a tear but the officials had some difficulty in inducing her to go away the porter observed her lingering on the opposite pavement for a long time suddenly as though she had remembered something she ran off the ardent hater of all finance ministers the slave of madame de s had made up her mind to offer her resignation as lady companion to the egeria of peter ivanovitch she had found work to do after her own heart but hours before while the thunderstorm still raged in the night there had been in the rooms of julius laspara a great sensation the terrible nikita coming in from the landing uplifted his squeaky voice in horrible glee before all the company razumov mr razumov the wonderful razumov he shall never be any use as a spy on any one he won't talk because he will never hear anything in his life not a thing i have burst the drums of his ears for him oh you may trust me i know the trick ha 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 i know the trick end of part four chapter four recording by expatriate in bangor maine